Hello and welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm Don and I'm joined by my amigos Mars and PJ tonight. In this Getting to Know You mini-series, we've interviewed FBL managers from all over the world as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the people behind the FBL account we interact with each week. To do that, we've come up with 20 questions which will reveal exactly who they are. With the amigos now, we have Lucy, who you should all know and love from her Twitter account, at Lucy Hynett. Lucy, you're very welcome to the show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FBL community? Brilliant. <laughs> that's, a ner- that's a nervous laugh, Lucy. And I, I, if I know anything by your Twitter persona, then you're not somebody who's scared easily. Well, you can't work for PJ and be scared easily, can you? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get on to that in a minute because uh, there might be a few people who aren't aware of it as much as he does mention it quite a bit. You don't seem quite so keen on um, on revealing that to everyone, but uh, he seems quite proud of his employee, you know? Well, well, he should be, shouldn't he, really? You know? Yeah, yeah having a go <laughs> I, think, the... I think I'm a bit nervous about saying that a monkey is my boss, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your handle is a very nice uh, adult, mature one, not like the kind of people who name their accounts after a monkey and, quite, quite frankly, a bit of a racist name at the start of it. Well, everyone knows it's racist, don't they? Yeah. Yes, it's again, PJ. Uh, PJ, you're going to hit Lucy with the first question, aren't you? I am indeed. Remember that this pod is about Lucy and nobody else, Don and Mars. So with that in mind, Lucy, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, your name, if it is indeed Lucy, location, and I suppose you could mention what you do for a living and who you work for. I suppose I could. Okay. I'm Lucy. Um I'm a southerner living in Sheffield. I'm a probably well-known Saints fan, and I work in a digital marketing agency with a, a fellow called PJ, who you, many of you may know. And this is somehow, I've just counted, my 10th season of FPL. Excellent. Wow, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty long-term player, considering you're still apparently in your 20s as well. <laughs> yes, I am. Not, not apparently. Despite your attempts to celebrate my 30th birthday on my 29th birthday, I am still 29. <laughs> Yeah. He'll be there eventually. Yeah, you'll get there eventually. And when you do, by God, that slide is a steep one. <laughs> uh, tell us, Lucy, if you weren't human, which animal would your personality match best with and why? Well, I, yeah, I had no idea how to answer this one. I have a terrible imagination. I'm a terrible personal judge of character. And I, I felt actually under pressure to say goat, which I will not be saying. Um, so I did, I did a load of online quizzes because I thought, you know... An online quiz, that'll tell you all you need to know. Every time I have a problem in life, I go to an online quiz. And actually, it was saying a lot of dolphin. I think on grounds of intelligence, but actually, I hate swimming. So I've decided actually dolphin's a terrible pick. Um, and I thought that reluctantly, I, I would hand this question over to PJ to see if he had any thoughts. Oh, good God. Can I, can I just say that that is just classic high net humble brag right off the bat? with the dolphin because of the intelligence line. You'd love to see it. Just just straight in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. f- fantastic stuff. Um, obviously, I've not given this question any thought whatsoever, because why would I have done? Um, you, you are the goat in, in, in my eyes, because uh, you are obviously the, the kind of greatest at what you do. Um, beyond that, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't really think so. I, I, you know, I think I think an animal, definitely a wise, but you know, also kind of rural animal, I think. Um, I don't know. 
the thing is, you, you know, you, you say one thing, you say like I'm thinking in my head, badger. But then there's this other part of me which thinks badger. That's really insulting. But it's like badgers are considered very intelligent. They're quite, you know, they're. they're I want know, badgers a bit vicious though. Well, I mean, you know, you do have, you know, monkey stilettos. Yeah, here. Is this a cry for help? <laughs> From who? I love the fact, you know. Uh, well, yeah, true. I love the fact that people come on here, and sometimes, and a lot of people struggle, Lucy, by the way, not just you. And we've had quite a few people say, I've done online quizzes or tried to do something to figure out or ask my partner. It's brilliant, that amount of research that goes into this. Um, Mama, not me. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> one, one minute, please. All yeah. right, well, on, on we move. It's pretty much the only question I'm really looking forward to asking. Uh, oh, you number can go, three. You can, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I made the questions line up, so I get the third. And look, my first interaction with you, and probably with, with, with Monkey, was when you were on a work trip in Manchester, and you tweeted that you were walking around and your heels broke, and you had to take a taxi. And your caring manager's first reply to your tweet was, don't you dare expense that. And I thought that was absolutely out of order. So, Lucy, tell us, how is it actually really working for uh, PJ, who, if people haven't cottoned on by now, is Monkey, who's on the pod, as in the Amigo Monkey, who is your manager, I believe. He how is, is it really he is. working? He's actually, that story is worse than you made it out to be. Because oh, wow. actually, I hadn't actually broken any heels or anything. I'd actually injured myself. I'd sprained my knee in the middle of a road and fallen flat on my face. And that was why I needed a taxi. And that was still his response. And I didn't actually expense any of that trip because I completely forgot to do it. So it's all good. Um, I have to say, before I get on to slating PJ, um, I have to thank him because actually two or three years ago, I actually didn't have any idea what I wanted to do with my life. I'd finished my PhD and decided I definitely didn't want to work in academia. I kind of hated academics. No offence to any academics on there. Um, and I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. And PJ, being the kind of generous guy he is, offered me an interview um, for a job I didn't really know anything about. And here we are. So that was, you know, pretty awesome. But, you know, with that out of the way, you know, I don't want to layer this. Yeah, don't 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 go too long being nice now. No, no. <laughs> and he, he would wonder who was on the end of the line anyway, because that wouldn't be like me. Um, so PJ's boss. Um, he's pretty laid back. He is, by his own admission, a master delegator, um, which means, you know, you get a lot of freedom in what you do, generally, um, but also a lot of work. And he is very good at a very quick meeting, which I have a lot of respect for, because no one wants to be in a meeting for very long. Um, but his, Yeah, his, I, heard his, I heard he's good at quickies. Too. Yeah, he doesn't really like to be there, so no one's there for very long. It's great. Um, his feedback's brutal, I've got to be honest. There, have, there were some... Some, some emails in the first year where I actually wanted to cry uh, because he just doesn't really hold back. But, you know, once you've kind of understood that that's how it is, you just kind of get on with it. You know, it's like it's basically, you know, when he really doesn't like an opinion on Twitter, it's a bit like that. Yeah, he doesn't really have a filter, isn't that it? Um, Lizzie, yeah, he, I'm he... thinking that in kind of larger companies, he might have had kind of HR issues because some of the stuff he says is like the rest of the time. <laughs> Can't, you can't say that to people. Um, I, am, I am HR. Yeah, that's the problem. He, he <laughs> yeah. made himself HR, which is never a good idea, is it, really, when no. you don't have any filter? 
<laughs> and and for, for for those that don't know, this all came about from Twitter interactions, right? He like he offered you. A, it, it's the good side of Twitter, the fact that you got a job or an interview. Obviously, you got the job on 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 your own merits in the interview, but the whole thing came out because you guys were talking on Twitter. Is that right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. We're we're in a group chat with um, a few other great people, and he yeah, we we just happened to live in the same place, so. That's brilliant. That's class. Um, yeah, I mean, Peter, you can you can expand on that if you want. Yeah, well, that, I mean, you pretty much said it. It was very simple. It was just one of those right time kind of moments where I, you mentioned that you were, you know, you were looking around for kind of work and you weren't sure kind of what to do. And we were recruiting at that exact time. And I know that you'd done your PhD in some form of kind of data analysis or historical data analysis. And I felt that that was a skill set which would lend itself to the type of work we do, which is quite data heavy. Um, so I thought it was it was worth an interview, and and yeah, we did. And uh, and you have yeah. never regretted it. And here you are. Well, I won't go that far. Don't <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Listen, listen, it's her getting to know you. We have we have to be nice to her. Never mind you now, okay? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lucy, you're a massive Saints fan, and that's what an awful lot of people on Twitter will know you as a very knowledgeable Saints fan. But when did you kind of get into supporting Southampton? And also, you've mentioned FPL is ten years playing it. Um, how did that come about? Um, well, the Saints thing, um, basically, my family moved to Southampton um, and we moved within probably half a mile of the Dell. Um, and my dad has a very strange kind of attitude to football, which is that he doesn't really keep a team ever. He he kind of basically just supports whatever local team to the place he's living in. So he's supported some terrible teams, kind of Plymouth, um, oh, some really awful ones. Um, and basically, just wherever he goes, he just he just goes to the local football match. Um, and it just so happened that that was kind of the first time he'd had um, a kid kind of who would be old enough to go. I was about nine or ten. Um, and, and yeah, we had Premier League football around the corner, so that was pretty awesome. Um, so, yeah, he just took me to my first Saints game and just to kind of see how I got on with it, because I hadn't really ever watched kind of football on the telly before. Um, just kind of as a, as a kind of an occasion and a bit of an event kind of thing. Um, my mum absolutely hates football. Um, and it kind of just went from there, really. Uh, I loved it, wanted to keep going. Um, my brother was kind of four or five at the time, so within a couple of years he was coming as well. Um, and it kind of snowballed from there. We had season tickets for quite a while while we were there. And then I was when I was about... 17 or 18 we moved away so i've become kind of an away fan now so we don't very often go to st mary's but but you were well we hooked at that point yeah we'd we'd kind of got intoxicated by that point and it's spent lovely. A lot of money it is it. it is lovely when it gets to be like a family tradition like that and it is um it's one thing i definitely miss out on being this side of in in ireland basically where i'm away from liverpool i would love if i was able to go to more matches but even if you had a local team a, a decent local team that you kind of go to it's it's nice doing that um doing that with a as a family group you know yeah absolutely yeah it's become like a massive kind of bonding thing because even mm. you know now i've left home it's still kind of the way me and my brother and my dad and now my husband kind of all get together um we often kind of meet at an away ground or that kind of thing so that's really cool great stuff um, Especially kind of when you get into your adulthood and you don't always have a lot to say to each other, but like football is kind of a good unifying mm. thing. And we finally got my dad out of just supporting whoever he lives near, so that's great. <laughs> get him to commit to somebody. What, <laughs> uh, what age were you, Lucy, when 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 you really kind of knew that you were a football football fan? Because lots of lots of 
but boys often say, I, I would say, I always knew I was a football fan, kind of five, six, seven. I remember watching it with my grandparents. But but was it was it later for you or was it that early? Yeah, no, it was quite a lot later. I Yeah, I'd never watched football really on the telly, apart from kind of you know, like, you know, the odd kind of half of a match where I might have been at someone's house or something. Um, yeah, until I until I went to an actual football match, I didn't really have any kind of prior experience to it. So, yeah, I was probably 10 or 11 and I probably didn't get really into it until I was 12 or 13. Um, so, yeah, it's probably and, a much and you later are, experience. You, you, you are, it should be fair to tell the listeners, really really into football I mean I I kind of gently mock you for this but just for a bit of perspective Lucy watches Europa League games involving no teams she supports just as a benchmark yeah it's a bit of a problem and the problem is my my husband's also really into football so there's no one to kind of put you off there's no one to kind of judge you and say really Europa League football don't you think you can be watching something else because he's like yeah why not let's have a look and then halfway through the game, we wonder what we've done. But then you might as well carry on. Myself know? and Maris don't really know when uh, Europa League football is on. Um, you two guys would. Though. Not the time to mention this. Yeah, you'll probably know next season. Yeah, Dom. I was about to say, you'll become <laughs> very familiar very quickly. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Lucy, one of the things I'm I'm really interested in, and um, I, I've, I've touched upon this before, but you've never really given me a kind of full answer, is... I'm really fascinated by the fact that a couple of seasons ago you you didn't play fantasy football and you're you're clearly someone who, who's both obsessed with football and and FPL. H- how were you able to drop it so easily and and then pick it back up again? And do you think you could do it again? <laughs> I'm not sure if I could do it again. Um, but to give you a background as to why I did it, um, I basically had to. I'd kind of come to the resolve that I needed to probably the January before I did it um, on the basis that I had to finish my thesis and FPL was becoming kind of a horrible procrastination tactic where I would just spend an hour or two looking at data for FPL instead of my thesis Um, so it got to a point where I was kind of like if I want to finish on a decent time and um, PhD funding is kind of annoying because they do you a set three years and if you haven't finished you're basically working for free and I I wasn't in a financial position where I could afford to do that really so it got to the point where I was like well I need to just stop playing or I will not finish anywhere near on time um so that's what I did um and because I kind of agreed with myself that that's what would happen quite in advance it was actually quite easy to do and I kind of understood why I was doing it how did, um, you, how did you follow that season then without any FPL going on? I just watched football like a normal football fan without any kind of, you know, weird... I, oh, I, I hope what that feels like. <laughs> it's, it's not as interesting. So, you know, the games you don't really care about, like, you know, Leicester, Burnley. Yeah, it turns out that's really hard to watch because you've got no reason to watch it at all. So, um, Lucy, did you, did you find you were spending too much time on FPL and that's why... You yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to understand because one of the reasons I do FPL is mm-hmm. for me it's a break away from everything that is stressful or normal. I know it's ironic because obviously if you have a red arrow, it's not fun, but it's just <laughs> something that you know it's a game that I play and something that I look forward to on the weekend watching my players deliver or not or whatever. So for me, it's like it, it's all an interest. It's interesting to speak to someone who's like, actually you know what I had to drop it to focus. I I just uh, yeah. I, I, I don't spend enough time on it 
to to stop me from focusing on something that I need to do. But it's interesting to to hear uh, another uh, view on it. Well, I guess it's because, you know, at the time I was doing basically an independent piece of research. So there's no one really to say, what have you been doing with the last three hours of your life? Because Mm. in the grand scheme of things, if you get it done, then no one really notices. And it it becomes like quite an kind of important kind of self-discipline skill that you need to develop. And the problem I had was when I found things difficult or stressful, I would just bury myself in FPL and, you know, just kind of go down really weird rabbit holes of just, oh, is this player better than this player? And what's this player done the last four weeks that this player didn't do the last four weeks? And, you know, there's just like kind of nonsense that doesn't really help you as an FPL player, but just kind of distracts you from stress. And, yeah, it just became quite unhealthy. And it also got to a point where not only was it becoming distracting from kind of a a research perspective but also as you were kind of saying there that like when you're under pressure to get something done anything that's kind of then an extra negative on your mental health becomes really bad so you know the time you might have allotted at your weekend where you would have a break from research you then ruin because you're so deeply obsessed by a game that is inherently about luck um, and that just spirals on you so actually yeah it was completely enforced but I've actually found it really positive because I'm now out of the other side where I didn't do it for a year and I've been able to come back to it with a much kind of healthier attitude. I'm much more kind of lighter touch in how I manage my team. I do a lot more kind of template stuff than I used to. I am very template and, you know, that's quite an easy style to kind of carry on with because Mm -hmm. you just look around to what other people are doing, see if that kind of checks out and then, and then carry on. So I probably only do kind of half an hour, a week of kind of serious thought about it a lot of it's just kind of otherwise kind of mulling over when you've got kind of a spare five or ten minutes and yeah it yeah. becomes a much more sustainable way of doing it and it also means that when it goes wrong it doesn't feel anywhere near as bad fair fair so talking about uh, continuing with fbl what's what, what would you say is your favorite fbl memory um i have a like terrible fbl memory in fact my my football memory is terrible and that's particularly bad when you consider how much live football I watch um I only remember what kind of happens at football matches rather than the football itself which means that without kind of game week and season history stats I'd actually have no idea how I did from season to season so for this one I couldn't go very far back and I have to say that my favorite from recent seasons um was the last minute Salah team leak um at the end of last season for game week 38 I think he was quite a popular pick and I was on a free hit and that forced me into a last-minute punt on Aubameyang, who I don't really like as an FBL prospect, and I hadn't considered until five minutes before the deadline. Um, but I brought him in just on a on a punt, really, because Salah wasn't available, and he got two goals and an assist versus Watford, and that propelled me pretty significantly on the last week. So I, I pretty it was pretty enjoyable. Um, but yes, as far as long-term memories go, apart from kind of aguero's five goals at newcastle which i'm sure other people have said i think that's oh, yeah, pretty much well it's good it's good yeah, to hear rumor has that your boss uh, loves uh, loves the team league <laughs> he, he does any team that he can get his hands on that's, yeah. that everyone's yeah. out hearing about it he, he loves it yeah um the it's actually good to hear one person who's actually saying i they can't remember a whole lot because same as me with fpl i have a very very bad memory um i pretty much forget the game week as soon as it's gone yeah. Um, you're the boss at FBL, um, Lucy, for one day and you can change one rule or feature in the game. What are you going to change? 
I'm I'm a kind of a big fan of simplicity um, in terms of how the game works. And I know people have their own history with chips. And, and we won't go into PJ's history with a triple captaincy because it's scarring. But I, I have to say, I really hate bench boost. And that is as someone that has done pretty well out of bench boost this season. And I have most seasons, but I just find it a massive distraction. I think you either end up playing a wild card you didn't really want to play, or you end up spending weeks trying to develop it and then something goes wrong and it wasn't really worth the hassle. And then you're left with this very unbalanced team, which kind of spreads your funds around too much and kind of compromises your long-term strategy. And I just don't think it's worth it for what is you that, get out. Is that more, I, I think that's more a product of this season than, than historically. I think, I think normal, I, I agree completely with that sentiment in terms of if you take that in isolation, a wild card you don't want to play or yeah, planning it for kind of weeks for essentially what best case scenario might be 20 points is is not really worth it when you add up the amount of transfers you may have you may have ignored over that time but actually the last kind of three or four seasons discounting kind of this one the bench boost has been quite easy to play in the fact that it's always been that kind of very obvious kind of option after the kind of wild card because there's only really been kind of one really big kind of double game week later in the season normally week kind of 34 um and that's kind of been pretty much the case so we've not really kind of thought about it we've just kind of followed ben krellin religiously we've wildcarded 33 and we've played our bench boost 34 and you know if you if you blew your wildcard earlier then yeah you might not have got away with it but what i find interesting about this season is that that there has actually been quite a few opportunities to play all of the chips because there's going to end up being three or four blank game weeks five or six double game weeks of varying sizes. And because of the the condensed and all the fixture reschedules because of COVID and stuff, it has meant that it's been a little bit, a little bit different, I, I think. So I, I agree with you on that. I think, I mean, generally, you know, my opinion, I, I don't particularly like the kind of chips, but I do think this season that that has been magnified. I think you might have a point. I think that's a fair point. I just think that, even when you've had those game weeks where it's been relatively easy to play, I just hate that you end up spreading money around into like options that you're never going to use again. Um, or into options kind of like bugs Ricardo me. Pereira who does nothing. Yeah, now Ricardo Pereira, I didn't go there. Yes, that's that's not fun, no. <laughs> right, so um, you, you've talked about your style a little bit, but but if you had to describe yourself as an FPL manager in three words, what would you say? Number one, I went for template which is probably a taboo admission. I don't think people like admitting that they like the template. Um, and I don't think it's something that is as simple as it might sound. Um, maybe I'm saying that about myself, which might sound terrible. But I think when you're a kind of template-based player, you just have to get quite on the front foot with it. So you need to be able to anticipate where it's going. I think when you get into that kind of balance of chasing the template, and trying to kind of catch last week's scores, then you can quite easily get in trouble. Um, but I think template is one. Um, I, I kind of went for patient. I think, especially with premium assets, perhaps not so much this season, but in previous seasons, I think being patient's important. I've kind of got better at that in the last couple of seasons. I've kind of become a bit more wise to the Twitter FOMO, you know, when you get 
a player's stats that kind of gets spread everywhere and kind of whips people into a frenzy and then people think oh gosh I haven't got that player and I really need them and everyone seems to have him but I mean like three percent of all players have him but you know everyone's got him and then you, you don't really get much out of it so I've tried to stay patient um and I think I tried to stay prepared um so I put prepared as my third one um because although I kind of quite kind of take a fairly laid back approach these days i do try to plan ahead especially around kind of key moments of the season being kind of double game weeks blank game weeks um because they're obviously the obvious moments to make ground so yeah i think i was template patient prepared fantastic um three really good ones there um what are your tactics you kind of hinted at this before but but when you're kind of setting up your kind of game week team but kind of uh, specifically, when you know when do you make your kind of transfers and captain decisions? Um, I've tried to make a habit of doing captain decisions quite late, um, quite early in the game week. So I will typically set my captaincy up as soon as the game resets for the next week. Um, basically, as a tactic to try and stop myself getting sucked into recency bias. So you know, if you have a player that unexpectedly hauls that game week you kind of don't get sucked into captaining him when you wouldn't have normally considered him so i i normally try to set that up very early i don't always stick to it um but generally i try to do that to kind of set something in my mind so that i'm not kind of too easily swayed by that week um and then on my transfers i normally will hold until friday um especially you know this year where it's been so unpredictable and we've seen so kind of weird you know injuries and postponements apart from the early phase of the season where i will get sucked into an early transfer because i think it's quite important from a value point of view and i, I kind of get a bit obsessive about losing that 0.1 so um but generally friday afternoon for um transfers and a very early captaincy excellent um yeah the early in the season it is a little bit more understandable going going a bit earlier um, there was probably less wear and tear on players as well, so there probably less injuries. I don't know whether the stats would actually back that up, but this is a stat-free podcast anyway, Lucy, you know yourself. Um, <laughs> the uh, you mentioned previously, of course, that you're like you're probably would describe yourself as a conservative enough um, manager, but when when do you kind of normally take a risky punt on a captain pick? I actually very rarely do. Um, I actually, I think this annoys PJ because I think he thinks that I could make ground. I probably could. I don't actually do that well for captaincy as a kind of proportion of my score. I never really have. I went through a period kind of quite early in my FPL career where I tried to be quite clever and tried to kind of, you know, be very stats informed and, and kind of go for those very differential captains. It spectacularly backfired on me a few times. And for the last few seasons, I generally stick very template even if i'm kind of chasing i try to chase through kind of other beans so actually um, my captain decisions are nearly always the kind of obvious boring one um and and where it's split I, I i'm always in those kind of top three players that are kind of being captained so actually that's a really boring answer and do you As like kind of... would you sorry lucy one thing do you would you like do you check the polls for instance because that's something that i've never really done i've never been part of the scout community say so i know a lot of people do look at say the because they have a large poll and it'd be a fairly accurate reading on who the captain's going to be any week would you look at that or would you just kind of go with your general go to of which is the kind of safest captain pick for the for the week 
Yeah, I don't really look at polls. It's just what I feel is a safe pick. So if someone's very highly owned and has a very easy fixture, they are always going to be my captain. I'm never going to kind of bank against it. Um, I don't really look at polls because I just feel like sometimes you just get a really bad reading off them um, because, you know, it's always the kind of most engaged people that are voting on those polls and it's not necessarily kind of... And did you know that, Lucy, like Mars, who's on the podcast tonight, he actually admitted in a previous podcast that he actually purposely lies on all those polls. Whenever he's done any of those Twitter <laughs> polls, he always tells the, he Who always doesn't? tries to mislead. That's bullshit. I never, I never, I never yeah. went up to that. I never said that. I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, exactly. That's exactly a good reason why you shouldn't follow polls, people. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just generally high ownership players that I think are likely to be captain. They, they um, are... uh, it, it, it is interesting that you kind of go for those kind of templated captains because you're uh, the, the difference between us, certainly the couple of years that we've been kind of head to head, kind of a little bit more closely. Your, your, your transfers in, uh, especially this season, have just been so successful, whereas, whereas mine this season have just been disastrous as, as this pod has. No! We've not heard about it all season. <laughs> not once. But, but I wouldn't have known if you One of the me. things I like to do is, is, is if, 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 I, if I identify a transfer, one of the reasons my season has gone so badly is, is I like to then captain that player. Let's, let's say for, for every Ross Barkley, there is, a, there is a Trossard this week. He was obviously a much more successful one, whereas you, you almost never captain that kind of transfer in. You stick to kind of Kane, Salah, Bruno almost kind of like religiously kind of those kind of big assets whereas you know i mean we're kind of 30 weeks into the season at this stage you know my kind of question is why why not trust the the quality of those kind of um picks that you're making as transfers and just and just sling the arm pan on them you've not got much to lose really it's only doubled one player's points at the end of the day um yeah i think i i see captaincy in a completely different way i I actually just kind of almost see my captaincy as a way to defend rank, which I know some people will hate as a concept. Um, but I'm literally just using my captaincy to kind of nullify other people, which is particularly important when your husband is about to embarrass you. Um, having, I think, beaten me once in the whole of our SBL history, um, he is very close behind me this time. And he, I know he will always be very template. So I, that's partly at the back of my mind. And secondly, you keep saying about these really good transfers. A lot of them have been four and a half defenders, which I cannot count in. Um, Rudiger, for example, great guy, apart from the own goal against Sheffield United. Please don't do that again. Um, Yeah, a lot of my good transfers have been quite like low grade picks. So I don't think you'd ever captain. Um, And I never really see those guys as, you know, kind of explosive players. I never really go for explosive players as it is, um, but they are never kind of like captaincy options, really. Um, so, yeah, I just I just see captaincy as a way of kind of neutralising other people rather than necessarily being the thing that gives me the edge, which is why I actually very rarely have a, a kind of big rank jump one way or another, because I'm, I'm just so kind of very straight back. Very interesting. Uh, you see, I have I have similar approach to you, especially this season. I decided to, at one stage, to go well, what people call template, what I call the best players to have, um, right? <laughs> and <laughs> pretty simple. They score, I'll get, I'll get them in, uh, or I, ha- I wanted them. Like you said, don't chase scores. But I also have ha- I've been quite good with captains this this year. Um, you know, for, high in the four sixties or something like four hundred sixty when you look at captain points, which is I think. When I saw yours, it's quite higher. Yet the difference in our ranks is 
is crazy. And it just shows that sometimes it's not just about the captain. If you get your other players right, um, trust your gut, etc. Like you said, sometimes your captain can just hold rank. Or, 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 or you know, it, it, I, I completely agree with you in, in the concept about I will try and use my differentials to gain to gain on others, and my my main players are the ones that I I want them to do the same as everybody else. As every other, do you see what I mean? Yeah, my, tri- I do, yeah. my triple leads is my differential, not Kane, uh, Bruno, and Salah. Although having them three together is a, is a differential by itself, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I and I agree with you. Anyway, moving on from FBL now, enough of, enough of that rubbish. Now, we, we, we're going to have a, a lot of heartbreaks coming up soon. Um, I wanted, yeah, well, moving away, but not too far away. <laughs> My, uh, it's, it's a known fact, a couple of seasons ago, and that's why I don't do it anymore. Um, Dinia went fi- fixtures over, maybe he had a bit of form. Captain him, he had, uh, Watford were doing well. He was scoring two easy games. I think Southampton at home now, I'm joking. Um, and, and he blanked in both. Um, so since then, I hated him. Brought him back, by the way. Red card, brilliant against Arsenal as well. So uh, this is why it's called the Dini question. Is there a player now? I know you're a big Saints fan. Um, Bournemouth are not in the Premier League anymore. Um, I know that you don't hide your dis your dislike of Liverpool sometimes, but I know you have their players. Is there a player that you just won't have in your team? She has our players because we've their players. <laughs> That's so original. I've never heard that before. Thank you so much. Um, I actually, I try to avoid um, getting sucked into kind of like personal vendettas. So I don't really have anyone I blacklist. There are a few players I kind of naturally gravitate against. And I think for logical reasons. So, for example, Jesus, I, I will not touch. And I see people get sucked into him year after year. And he just isn't consistent enough. He he is excruciating in terms of what chances he misses. And he just ends up taking a city slot that you'd rather use on someone else. So, yeah, I wouldn't like ever say Jesus is never coming in my team, but he he really winds me up. Um, so, yeah, it's just not somewhere I would readily consider unless they had some kind of injury crisis. Um and actually, it's funny you kind of brought up the Bournemouth thing. Although I feel like I said this last time I was on the uh, pod, but I will say it again, it's not a derby. Um, <laughs> but I, um, I actually avoid Saints players sometimes um, because I just don't trust us ever. Um, I just don't believe that good form is ever going to last. So actually, <laughs> I missed most of Danny Ings' 22 goals last season. Um and just watch other people lap up the points until I did finally bring him in. And then he went on an awful, awful run where he just couldn't score a goal, um, which then gravitated me further away from him because I was like, well, he can't score while I own him. So I'll sell him again. Um, so as yeah, Saints players, you know, when we had that season where Tadic and Mane and Pella were really good, very rarely owned them because I didn't think it would last. And it did. Um, so yeah, I clearly, if I backed my team more, would do better at FBL. Great stuff, great stuff. Um, so if you had to choose one player, past or present, to have in your FBL team, who would it be? I kind of wrestled with this one um, because I didn't want to admit the truth. So I, I, you know, talked to myself about Aguero, who, as has been announced tonight, is um, going to be a City player no more at the end of the season. I, I consider Van Persie. Um, I will forever love Thierry Henry. And Yaya Torre was an amazing player. 
But actually, I ended up with Prime Suarez, who I, is clearly a terrible human, was suspended for what five games. <laughs> human, just straight. Just human. straight, straightforward human. <laughs> Love it. He got suspended for five games at the beginning of his amazing season and still got <laughs> 295 points, over 30 goals, 77 points in a four-game stint. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say it was Suarez. I just think at that point he was just just someone you could captain just every week and not even think about it. Um, clearly, absolutely not a good person, but just incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed, indeed. Uh, right. So uh, moving on to the uh, FPL community and things like that. Who were the first five FPL accounts you followed and still follow on Twitter? Yeah, I found this really fun, actually. I kind of scrolled back and was kind of quite surprised by who it was. So um, number one uh, was Gemma, Gemma Baggies, who's a um, pretty inspiring person, actually, and probably one of those people that I've never <laughs> wanted to mute or unfollow, which can't be said for a lot of the FKL community, but I just think is uh, <laughs> incredible, really. Um, so, yeah, that's love... like a really positive yeah, in a kind of negative way. But you know what I mean? Someone who yeah, oh, she's lo- yeah, lo- 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 Gemma, absolutely. feel better about being a better person you know once you yeah. makes you want to be better so yeah Gemma um who got this assist Tom who I'm sure needs no introduction uh, I'm pretty sure it started over a conversation about Cedric and then he ended up having Cedric at his own club the poor man so you know that's funny how those things work out um Dimmy and um, Dimmy underscore Papa um who's an incredibly consistent player but unfortunately it's a Man United fan so what can you do there um, Jonathan Khan, who is also another United fan. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I was like, wow, they're everywhere. Um, and FPL SWAT, otherwise known as Duncan, who's a really, really solid player. Um, lovely guy. PJ would like his politics. And he um, supports, well, the best club in the world. I mean, just, just to clarify that, Saints. Saints, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, interesting bunch. I didn't uh, recognise the middle two, but we'll ha- we'll definitely have a look. I mean, if they're United fans, I might mute them for a while. But yeah, yeah it, it makes we'll, sense. You know, a couple of questions here. But, but firstly, what you know, what do you like about being part of the FPL community? Um, I I think it's generally actually quite a positive corner of of the world and. You know, there's there's good banter. There's there's some terrible banter. It has to be admitted. And you know, some people just aren't as funny as they think they are. But there are some really funny guys, some very strong memes. Um, and I think it's yeah, I find it quite generally quite upbeat. There's obviously the advantage that I'm quite lazy, and there are a lot of stats flying around that I can just sort of harvest. So that's that's quite handy. Um, and I find the majority of men in the FPL community are generally pretty encouraging and supportive. So that that's good. That's good. And that, you know, I, I suppose that leads me on to the, my, my kind of follow up question there, because I know that you, um, you know, um, you know, like our amiga Kylie have, have tweeted about this in the past, about how what maybe the kind of Twitter community and the football community can do more regarding that kind of masculinity kind of culture. So is is there a kind of, you know, how do you feel that FPL Twitter kind of rates for kind of male masculinity when, when compared to potentially kind of football or even kind of society as a whole? Um, Well, obviously I kind of go, I'm quite exposed to football more generally as a kind of culture, just because I go to quite a lot of football matches 
I don't just kind of tweet on the FPL hashtag, but also the Saints hashtag. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I kind of have quite varied exposure to kind of masculinity and, and kind of men's attitude towards women. I'd, I'd say generally kind of the FPL community um, is generally kind of more educated and informed kind of in their opinions on women. I'd, I wouldn't say it was perfect. I think there's a massive issue with kind of mansplaining, for want of a better word. You know, guys that assume that because you're a woman, you don't necessarily watch as much football as them, um, which, as we've covered, is probably an unfair assumption in my case. Um, and generally kind of talk things through on kind of quite a patronising level, which I find quite difficult. Um, but I don't find it to be kind of a kind of... There's an, I don't have any issues with sexual harassment, for example, although I have closed my DMs as a kind of general rule on Twitter because uh, when I first kind of got on Twitter, there were some really kind of odd messages. So I, I have actually closed mine. I know a lot of kind of women in the FPL community leave theirs open and, and I think that's great. Um, I'm just not brave enough to do it, really, because you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, so that's kind of an issue. Um, but I don't generally find that kind of that is sexual harassment is an issue which i kind of have found at football grounds unfortunately occasionally not very often um and i have found kind of on wider football twitter um but i have never had any kind of abuse in the fpl community like i might have had on kind of being told to you know get back in the kitchen or anything like that which i have had elsewhere um it's just generally that kind of slightly maybe misinformed view that women don't always watch as much football as men or so you know that kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah. it's a sad state of affairs when like like that men don't ever really have to think about you know my dm has been open for you know because someone might send me a weird sexual message or image or anything like that um but but as you said it is kind of reflective i guess of overall society and kind of what women deal with in a general in a general day-to-day basis so you can invite any three people living or dead to a dinner party who are they and what food and drink are you going to put in front of them i actually thought about this one phrases and i had lots of different scenarios so um i thought i might have a table of kind of historically successful women to talk about kind of their experiences as a woman and, and kind of how they've kind of dealt with life and society and things. Um, but then I, I decided that I was kind of an anxious enough host without incredibly successful people being around my table. So then I thought I might have a football theme table with kind of influential legends of the game, you know, like Cruyff, Guardiola, Maradona. And then I decided football people don't always make great conversation and I don't think Maradona would have thought much of my dinner party. I don't think it's really his scene. So um, I then decided that in the end, that if you're allowed to bring people back from the dead, which is what the question suggests, I'm kind of wasting it on celebs. And I actually decided that I'd rather invite my grandma, who's no longer with us. And there were only two people in the world that would appreciate her more than me, which is my aunt, my aunt, my mum, who I'm not even allowed to have dinner with at the moment. And I'm, I'm kind of missing that, really, um, in lockdown. So I decided that I'd have those three. Oh, that's lovely. We, we make a roast dinner and it, it would be great. A matriarchal. Beautiful. Beautiful. Lovely. And what are you going to um, be feeding him? Yeah, I, we're going we're gonna to make a classic roast dinner. I'm probably going to have my grandma judge me for being, you know, not up to her standards, but I'm just going to have to take it on the chin. But if grandmas didn't do that, they would not be grandmas, right? Like Exactly. <laughs> She'd probably judge Absolutely. me for the cleanliness of my oven as well, but what can you do? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, right, so um, 
your house is on fire. Obviously, you, hubby, anybody else, living pets, etc., living people, uh, is safe. What would be uh, the first thing that you would pick up? Yes, yeah, so I thought on this one, and I and I kind of thought that it's actually quite sad because the 21st century equivalents of a lot of stuff that people would have kind of traditionally saved are really disappointing. Because I thought that instinctively I'd worry about my photos. Um, and I guess in the old days that would have been, you know, photo albums and kind of like proper bits of like living history. But in my case, it's just a crap memory card. Um, but that's I think that's what I most miss um, if you would have that kind of thing was kind of photos and memories. Um, I'm a bit of a kind of hobby photographer and I, I just love photos. So I think having the opportunity to kind of reprint photos and, and have those would be the yeah. kind of most important thing. Yeah. Nice, nice. Lovely answer. Um, so do you have any special skills outside of your job um, uh, and being the absolute goat at FPL? I, I just don't think I do. I thought about it forever. It, unless you count being a grammar Nazi as a special skill, then no. Well, no, well how about a what? special skill? A, gra- a grammar. Oh, grammar Nazi, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what Not was an actual Nazi. Then? Yeah, be careful. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> would, you not consider your, uh, would you not consider your sass a special skill? I, 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 just, I don't know. I didn't do anything to cultivate it. It just sort of happened. So I feel like I can't. Well, most skills are like that. They're natural, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the way you do, like the way you didn't subtle, take any of my humble brags. Yeah, yeah, the subtle yeah, yeah, humble yeah. brags are brilliant. <laughs> and the way you don't take any nonsense, like the way you didn't take any of my Liverpool nonsense earlier on. And and you also don't bite, by the way. You just carry on. Yeah, whatever. Like, just carry on with the conversation. I find it hilarious because sometimes I have to to bite and and bite back or you know shout or whatever. But that, for me, it's that this ability to. You're just talking normally, and actually, as you're talking, you drop a humble brags. Nothing wrong with it, by the way. There's completely <laughs> difference. There's a complete difference between a humble brag and and uh, and somebody being arrogant about it. For you, it's, it, it's, it, the way you say it actually comes across quite genuine, you know. And I think it's a skill. I really do. Okay. <laughs> that's that's one for your CV. Uh... I think my husband would disagree on me biting. He he <laughs> regularly just winds me up, and I think PJ has occasionally. Um, I no. do try not to bite, but it's just something that I, <laughs> I can't resist sometimes. Um, but yeah, yeah. see if you need if you need any uh, uh, inside info on how to wind PJ up, my DMs are open anytime. <laughs> I, I don't think there are many secrets to winding PJ up. <laughs> uh, it's so easy. It's right. I mean, Mars has a unique skill. That you know that many many can't hope to hope to manage. You know a few a few in the community. Mor- Morpheus Fire is really is really going for it recently. I think Mars. I don't know if you agree. I think he, he's kind of. Uh, I find there's a lot of tweets towards me, almost in homage of you, in an attempt to kind of get <laughs> under my skin. Yeah, you haven't seen the DMs between each other, have you? That's clearly yeah. what's going on. <laughs> He just doesn't quite manage it. I think it's because I've seen him in his robe so many times. I just can't, yeah, I just that can't. face is too peaceful to wind people up. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, so, um, what is, um, yeah, what is? So, what's your favorite? Are you into music? Favorite band? And I know you did. You did your whole. We had a big discussion about who we believe is a, is a better musician, uh, etc. Like, and what's like your favorite movie? And what are you currently watching now with the lockdown and things like that? Uh, well, as PJ often taunts me for, I am a, a Stevie Wonder evangelist, for want of a better phrase. Um, he's he's just amazing. And 
I probably listen to too much of his music, if I'm quite honest. Um, so, yeah, all of those kind of, like, soul legends, Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, love love that kind of music, um, particularly kind of 70s soul and funk. Um, that's kind of my, my bag. I think PJ thinks I only listen to that, which is not true, but that's just kind of my, my little sphere of music that I enjoy. Um, as for films, I'm, I'm really terrible at re-watching films. I kind of get bored by them if I re-watch them too quickly. Um, so it just means that I don't really have many favourites because I just don't really re-watch things. But I have watched American Hustle quite a lot. I think he's got really good re-watchability. Um, <coughs> full of kind of 70s glamour. It's got a great cast. So it's got Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Jennifer Lawrence, um, Bradley Cooper. I've never um, watched American Hustle, funnily enough. Oh, really? You should try <laughs> yeah, it. You know, I, I watch a lot of movies, as you know. But it's just yeah. one of those films that slipped me by. I think it, was, it came out at the time when my youngest, uh, my eldest was born, and, you know, I couldn't do anything but watch yeah. reruns of How I Met Your Mother and play, <laughs> you know, Football Manager. So, yeah, it just it just slipped me by, and I've never, I've never watched it since. So, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out since then. Yeah, it's about the yeah, it's about the time Jesper been born, so like twenty thirteen, something like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think it's just I really enjoy kind of like those kind of heist films and it kind of slightly inverts kind of the typical narrative around those. It's got a really good soundtrack as well. Um so I just think that's a really good fun movie that I kinda of quite enjoy. Um T V, I have to say the quality of my T V consumption has tumbled during lockdown. I've watched a lot of comedy just to try and cheer myself up. Um, a lot of friends, Parks and Rec, um, Office US. That, yeah, that's another thing. I, I I like the American Office, but don't like UK Office, and I know that's really controversial. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. this is becoming a bit of a weekly so, well, thing on the podcast. I mean, Lucy, I didn't watch either, and I'm not a big fan. But these guys are very, very like you know. It's kind of dictatorial with them, which one is which. And, uh, <laughs> by the reaction, by the reaction, you know which one is which. Either. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm, uh, I watched bits of the Office UK, and I was like, I don't. I'm not really a big Ricky Gervais fan. So I, yeah. But well, yeah, just, I just can't get on with Ricky Gervais. That's my main problem. Mm. Well, yes. I mean, I'm not gonna Gervais. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but right now, um, aside from the new Line of Duty, are, are any guys are you watching it? Yeah, Yes. Yes. Not watched. Not watched episode two though. So you know. Yeah, I won't say anything. Um, I've actually we've been actually been watching Drive to Survive, and we don't really like F1, but we've kind of got into it. So it actually got to the point yesterday we were watching the Bahrain Grand Prix oh, just because yeah, Drive to Survive just kind of got us hooked on it. So mm. we'll see if that persists beyond the international break because we did both go. Mm, I think we're probably what, watching this because one safer. one little warning about that is Drive to Survive. Sometimes um, it makes it seem more exciting. Then the Bahrain Grand Prix was very exciting. <laughs> Drive to Survive made it seem very kind of high intensity all the time. It's not always like that in F1, but um, it's definitely been a brilliant series. An awful lot of people have gotten into F1 by that program. Um, it yeah, has I done mean, wonders yeah, for they it. must be loving how much kind of yeah, positive publicity is given. Yeah, 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 don't worry. Everyone that we've spoken to has been like, yeah, it's not always like Bahrain. In fact, it's often really boring. I was like, okay, we won't, we won't worry too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent stuff um, you're at the 20th question, question now Lucy so you've done great so far so um, this is the one now where I want you to let the cat out of the bag okay let your guard down a little bit and tell us one guilty pleasure or a bad habit that you have 
Um, so I kind of did both. So a guilty pleasure, which I think PJ has already outed on Twitter, is I like Habba, <laughs> which I find really problematic to admit. But it turns out, yeah, I, I don't know why. I think it must be that my mum played it when I was little, but I just love Habba. I just yeah. think. So just, I'll, I'll just, sing with so you, Lucy. It feels so happy. So, you know. <laughs> It is. It's yeah. fun. It's fun music. It's uh, there's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with it. It is a guilty pleasure. I'll, I'll, it's definitely acceptable as that. But uh, but I fully understand where you're coming from. And as for bad habits, um, I'm kind of an obsessive like online researcher and browser. I don't actually. I don't. I find it impossible to make a casual purchase. So you know how like you might have something really like simple that you want to buy, like for example a side table, a kettle. I can never just you know pop onto a website go that'll do i'll buy that i have to spend like four or five hours looking for it and it's just mm. terrible it just wastes my life but <laughs> it's it's the best i can do so that's that's unfortunately what it is it's a handy skill to have though a handy uh compulsion to have when you're into fantasy football because at least you can expend some of it in uh in doing your research and so on yeah except i don't i just i use it in stupid you know ways what like that. Yeah, you're right because you did say there, Ronnie. You used to before before your break. That's what you used to do. Whereas that yeah. maybe maybe that's what you need to change. You maybe maybe you weren't so bad at looking up the wattage of of kettles before <laughs> you actually stopped uh, stopped doing so much research. <laughs> So maybe that's where I'm going wrong. That's where you're going wrong. Yeah, um, Lucy, thanks a million for coming on the Three Amigos. It's been lovely getting to know you. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. Brother to brother